It's time now for Keeping It 100 with Dory. Sponsored by the Derek Olivier Institute, Keeping It Real with Dory is designed to analyze, discuss, and develop positive outcomes to help stop the violence in the community. Now, let's go to the studios. Here's our show host, Edmund Davis. Alumni, parents, and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio. The smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships. When you apply, you'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships, which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First-time freshmen are also eligible for a 20 $500 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships, and we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute, based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus, is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio. What's the science class? Let the course begin as every episode is a semester. Thank you for tuning in to Keeping It 100 with Dory on Buffalo Radio, making history one generation at a time. We are broadcasting from Arkansas Baptist College in downtown Little Rock's historic Dunbar neighborhood. We're just three lights away from the Arkansas State Capitol building, the seat of power in the natural state. Keeping It 100 with Dory comes on every Thursday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Buffalo Radio. We're the newest HBCU radio station in the nation. We're America's only, okay, I repeat, America's only known weekly radio hour that discusses black male homicides, as of course, for those who don't know, that's the number one killer for black males ages 1 through 44 in the United States. Yes, so we have a problem. But of course, we seek solutions and sometimes we get them, all right? So before we go any further, we gotta go ahead and, and uh, say thank you to our previous guests 
That was Patrick Oliver who came on the show last week. Patrick's known throughout the country. Uh, he's helped me out in so many endeavors. So to Patrick, we know you're in town. We know we got the 23th anniversary of the Say Aloud Readers and Writers. We appreciate you, sir, for coming and blessing the studio last week, okay? And also, we want to give acknowledgement to those students out there listening. We know this is finals week, okay? So we don't want you to fret. We don't want you to be afraid. We want you to be empowered. So again, that's not just with ABC. That's Philander, UAPB, Shorter College, PWIs. It doesn't matter where you are, uh, for near and far. We want you to be, uh, of course, at the top of your game, moving forward, okay? And so uh, my next commentary comes from, the, of course, the Professor Davis Says segment. And that has nothing to do with Arkansas Baptist College. It has nothing to do with keeping it of 100 with Dory, okay? And so my comments are coming from what I've noticed in the media, especially when it comes to uh, the whole Will Smith slap situation with Chris Rock. I believe people are trying to profit off of it. And again, uh, I wanna send a, a message to Jackson State University. Of course, the football team, uh, Coach Sanders, we love you, sir. Uh, definitely, hopefully, you're hearing this message. Uh, hopefully, we can call that move, not the Will Smith move, but maybe the Oscar slap or something else. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, yeah, I think it promulgates uh, black on black violence even in a football game. I don't think there's ever been a move called uh, any other tactic named after an insult from a black man to another. But that's just me. Uh, we still love you, we still support you. Kudos to you and your staff on what you're doing. But again, I'm just throwing this out there to hopefully you'll catch it. Maybe we can rename that again, the Oscar slap or something else and not the Will Smith slap with two uh, you know, teams going against each other, you know, smacking each other on defensive names, and, and et cetera, et cetera, okay? So quote, unquote, that was the Ed Davis uh, keeping it uh, reals. Of course, uh, Professor Davis says segment in the segment, all right? But back to the good news, and uh, we have a special guest. We actually have two special guests in our studio today. And before we go any further, um, I just wanna say that uh, both of these people have been doing some groundbreaking uh, things as it relates to having an awards show. I believe going on the sixth year now for the Black Empowerment Awards uh, by Mr. Kisei uh, Gupta. And she's in the uh, studio right now. And of course, uh, she's accompanied by uh, the man. that He has a day, a day named after him, folks. It's the Tim Campbell Day every, I believe, April the 4th. For those who don't know, that's the same day as uh, Maya Angelou's birthday. That's the same day Dr. King was uh, killed you know, back in Memphis. And so, okay, we want to help share some positive, uh, you know, notes about the 4th of uh, April, okay? So just remember that we thank uh, God for Tim and his family, and we thank uh, Ms. Gupton for doing what she's been doing uh, all along the while, okay? So without further ado, we want to welcome to the studio Mr. Tim Campbell. How you doing, Tim? What's going on, Professor uh, Davis? How you doing today? I'm well. Man, to see you two here, uh, it, it brings joy to me to know that, you know, We've got some people in the neighborhood that truly invest in others. And, uh, you know, of course, whether you're a Generation Xer like myself or a millennial like Tim or even like our station manager, who's a baby boomer. OK, it shouldn't matter what generation that you come from. Right. We can all be on the same page and uh, work together as a team. And I see that with you two moving forward. And so we're pleasant and we're pleased and we're privileged to have you in the studio. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. How are you doing, Ms. Gupton? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I cannot complain. Uh, a little tired from a, from a road trip yesterday, but uh, we're up, we're walking, we're breathing. I don't have a cane. You know, I'm not struggling getting out the bed. It's good. That's it's right. Good. It's good. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Glad to be here with my, my little big cousin doing big things <laughs> in a major way. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, uh, we thank you all again for being here. 
And so uh, tell the audience, Tim, tell the Keeping It 100 audience some things that uh, I didn't mention about you. Of course, there's a lot to be talked about, but what's not on your biography? So tell people what's not on your biography that you can share with this audience right now. Um, I grew up playing the drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a talent that I don't really talk about a lot, but I was raised right here on Wolf Street and the church on Wolf Street, Pilgrim Valley Baptist Church, is where I played my first set of drums at. And so um, a lot of people know the history behind it. So I, I hated instruments. I didn't like it. Right. Um, and my first time to go play the drums, right, my legs couldn't reach. I was so short. My legs couldn't reach right. the, the paddles. <laughs> so I was like, nah, this ain't for me. This right, ain't going right. to be the thing I play. Mm-hmm. But over time, you know, I just stuck at it, stuck with it. I didn't give up. And that's one of my favorite talents today. Playing the drums. Huh? Yeah. I would have never. Well, I'm smarter now, folks. And if you're just tuning in, this is Ed Davis here. We have in the studio two awesome people. And of course, our our main uh, special guest, Mr. Tim Campbell, just noted that he played, uh, uh, he has a skill set I didn't know about, and that's playing (laughs) the drums. Uh, And you said the Pilgrim Church? Pilgrim Valley. Pilgrim Valley Church, folks. So shout out to the pastor and family over there, Pastor Green. Okay, definitely give a shout out to him moving forward, okay? Uh, Real quick. how did you become such an influencer to many and for the right reasons? There's a lot of influencers out there, yeah. but we're talking about for the right reasons. I see people in the news. I see people that's trending, and everything trending ain't healthy. Absolutely. Uh, that can get you killed. People don't realize that. So we have to think about the things. If, we're be, if we want to be an influencer, some of the things that we're positively known for, and you're known for a lot of things that's positive. But again, my question goes back to that. How did you become an influencer being a positive one? I think it started in childhood. Um, like I said before, as we'll talk a little later about the documentary, just growing up in an environment whereby you had to protect yourself, in an environment where you had to speak up for others that couldn't be spoken for. Um, so it starts early. It starts in the household, right? So mm-hmm. um, kind of having an unbalanced, unhealthy uh, household situation, you have right. to learn to you know, be that man that you've never seen early in life. So uh, that, that kind of... Uh, vocalize my voice early, kind of use my voice as an instrument to 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 fight challenges that I was having as a child, you mm-hmm. know, just to speak out for me, my little sisters, my right. mom. And I think a game changer for me was growing up in a DHS system. Mm-hmm. So there was a moment where um, I had to take the stand as a maybe 12-year-old, 13-year-old, okay, okay. and basically speak on the behalf of my mom. And here I am uh, sweating. My palms were sweaty. I was nervous. Confident kid, but what kid wants to get up in front of a jury, right? Right. So uh, I got up, and that was the first time I had to speak on the behalf of somebody that could not, unfortunately, speak for themselves, Mm -hmm. right? So being able to do that, and, you know, after I spoke, you know, the judge was like, wow, the guy spoke spoke so well, you know? So. After that, I'm like, oh, yeah, this, this is something that I can do, you know. Mm-hmm. And it didn't reapply or, like, reappear until later um, in my, I guess, 17, 18-year-old senior in high school, um, kind of being a, a leader on the football team and being able to um, serve as a captain. That's, I think that's everybody's kid's dream, want yes. to go out for the, for the coin toss, yes. you know, something like that. So mm-hmm. being seen as a leader, you know, kind of – kind of developed me as a leader. You know, all I needed was people to see me as a leader mm-hmm. then so I could have a milestone to reach, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that influx of my childhood, my my upbringings, football, and things like that kind of curated my 
social responsibility to kind of be an influencer. Awesome, awesome. Give us one word that describes who you are or you. Resilient. Resilient. Resilient is the word that describes me. That's a word that I don't think is used a lot, but it's basically an overcomer, mm-hmm. one that breaks through challenges. Um, and it's something that's near and dear to my heart in multiple ways. I think that there, I'm not perfect and I have a lot of skills, but I'm not, I don't have all the skills I want, right? Because I'm right. still growing, I'm still yes. learning. Um, but resiliency is a, is a key that, that, that opens many doors for me, right? Because when everybody else may be, you know, maybe feeling weak or giving up or whatever, I'm able to push through whatever challenge is in front of me. Key example, when I first went to Peace Corp, the Gambia, West Africa, right. where I stayed uh, almost three years, and uh, I was going over with a host of people that didn't look like me. And I was intimidated, heavily intimidated, because they was already on the boats and on the on the on the all the traveling uh, traveling routes, talking about who they were, all the countries they had been to, right, right. everyone they everywhere they have challenged, uh, uh, traveled to, and I had never ever traveled outside of Little Rock. <laughs> And all you I kind of knew, little rock from Wolf to West Africa, right. like overnight. Like so, hey, yeah. hashtag Wolf, okay, <laughs> to Africa, from Wolf to Africa, man. So when I got there, I was heavily intimidated a little bit, but we st- we went over with uh, maybe forty to forty-five mm-hmm. um, different uh, people to to go to the West Africa, and we left with maybe fifteen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, regardless of despite their experiences and what they had been through, right. you know, they couldn't seem to push through the program mm-hmm. in West Africa, which was not easy. Mm-hmm. But I was one of those people who was able to push through this program, able to get through it right. and, and live through it. Right. Because of the resiliency. So definitely resilience. OK, folks that are just now tuning in. This is Professor Davis. We have in the studio Tim Campbell. OK, advocate, community leader. Of course, uh, you know, he created a PBS documentary, him and a staff of other supporters. It's, it's, when you do a project like it, it's never you by yourself. Absolutely. We have to give a shout out to all those folks that we saw in that video, in the movie, in Absolutely. the documentary rather. And so towards the end, we want uh, Tim Campbell to give a shout out to all those folks towards the end. We want to show them some love like they showed him some love. Okay. So give us one word, sir, that describes your hometown, Little Rock. Give it to us. One word that describes Little Rock would be hope because that's what it gave me, mm-hmm. right? In many, many different ways, whether it was, you know, environmental situations coming up, whether it was um, mentors and, or big brothers, people that I could look up to and just, you know, give me that hope. And before I went to Africa, I asked one of my best friends, Rakeem Moore, mm-hmm. I said, bro, you know, just, you know, brother to brother, you know, if you could describe me in one word, right. what would it be? And uh, he said, man, you just a little bit, you, you, you are that little bit of hope. Mm-hmm. And so when he said that, it stuck with me, you know, that, that, that I'm able to be that little dose of hope because somebody was there for me. And it was probably more than likely 10 times out of 10 here from Little Rock mm-hmm. in different ways, whether it was a teacher, whether it was a coach, whether it was a faculty member, wherever it was, you know, somebody gave me the hope mm-hmm. early in life, you know, to move forward. So I would definitely... Um, shout out to all influencers, all public leaders, public servants right, right. that are rendering hope, right? Mm-hmm. And because hope is, 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 is something you don't get to see, and it's not necessarily something that you can accomplish like school or education or you can see it. Hope is something that has to be given, right? So that's, that's, that's what I would describe Little Rock as, hope. Hope. And let's, let's pound on that word hope uh, because a lot of people even here don't have that. 
they they have in their mind that they don't have that right and and it's obvious in the reports we see on the media and the news and of course uh we acknowledge the news for the good and bad reasons absolutely so of course uh, sometimes they tell their own narrative but that's why we have to tell our own narrative right and uh, we have to be truthful i always tell people there's more than uh two sides to a story there's three sides your side my side then there's the truth right so we have to find out between interviewing two folks two parties to get to the center of things but the truth is and so the truth is i believe there is hope you know, uh, there are some people, this is another truth, there is people out here that just don't have hope. Yeah. And it takes uh, folks that are seed planters in the community, whether it's down here in the Dunbar area, whether it's, uh, you know, Pine Valley, whether it's off Baseline Road, uh, wherever you are, we have to have agents of change that have hope yeah. as that seed planted in them. Absolutely. So I do see hope in you. I do see hope in a lot of other people. But then at the same time, on the other side of that spectrum, there is a lot of people who are hope stealers. You got hope dealers Absolutely. and you have hope yeah. stealers. Yeah, you got so hope dealers and hope stealers. I yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah. yeah, You have hope dealers and hope stealers. And so, you know, they always see the glass half empty. We see it half full. Half full, right, you know? right. So uh, that's very important. And But but definitely, um, before we wanted to go on a commercial break, we wanted to go ahead and mention this, that we both are, and this is to all the thousands listening in Chicago, Philly, Memphis, for those listening all over, uh, Tim, we are vertically challenged. We're not short. You know, I tell people that. I said, no, I'm not short. I'm just vertically challenged. You know right. what I'm saying? So definitely, right. uh, I like to go ahead and say that to all the folks there who are six feet under. We love you. But again, we still run the world, okay? We're going to take our first commercial break here and keep it at 100 Redoring. We'll be right back. Alumni, parents, and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College Today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College Today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio. The smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships when you apply. You'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships, which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First-time freshmen are also eligible for a 20 $500 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships, and we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute, based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus, is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio. 
Welcome back to Keeping It 100 on Buffalo Radio. We're being real is the deal we have in the studio, Tim Campbell. Again, he's uh, knocking down doors. He's kicking some in. And again, uh, with a nice grin. But no, not trying to be funny and all that. We definitely want to keep it positive and keep it influential. As we have an influencer here today at Arkansas Baptist College. And this gentleman doesn't live too far and wasn't raised too far from this block area uh, moving forward, okay? And so our topic, Tim, of course, a search for unity, a rose that grew from concrete, a PBS documentary that was a gift from God to you. And of course, why, why do you think he uh, blessed you with this plan, this resource, this preventative factor, okay, in this ton of a way? Why do you think he did that, gave you that vision? I think it goes into the art of storytelling, right? I think stories are powerful. And I think that stories are one of the only things that live beyond who we are from day to day. And my story is one of many. And my story starts uh, with a host of different families, with the Campbell family, the Jenkins family, and the Jackson family. And they all play major parts in who I am and who I'm continuing to become. Uh, My uncle, Letha Jackson, uh, who I've looked up to and admired, you know, most of my life. Shout out to Mr. Jackson. Shout out to Mr. Lethal Jackson. I think he's online. What up, Unc? Yeah. Um, he 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 lived his life a certain way. You know, he was into the streets and things like that early in his life, um, which produced the uh, gangbanging on Little Rock one and two back in the hood, right? Mm-hmm. So after gangbanging on Little Rock, I'm gonna tell a story a little bit for him. I think he'll let me do that. Uh, he was sentenced to uh, a term in prison, whereby he uh, did, I think, nine years. Mm-hmm. And um, so when he got out, they, you know, revisited him because of the work he was doing with the community. He started Rokan, which okay. is a public nonprofit, uh, uh, working directly with kids and community centers and um, give back uh, organizations to kind of feed and feed feed the hood the need to feed the hoods that need right mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of what he was doing and they came back and HBO came back and did another segment on what he was doing right and so this time when they came back I think he did a great job of passing the mic right mm-hmm. he was just like you know what uh, I yes. was speaking the mic but I also passed the mic and he gave me a call um, and he used to say you know uh, Nephew, it's time for you to tell your truth. Mm-hmm. It's time for you to be honest with the world, you know, which was startling at first. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know me? And uh, so when I, uh, he gave me the call, you know, I usually, you know, try to get on his orders right away. I went down and met with Monty, Moore, uh, Monty Moran mm-hmm. and uh, a guy named David, and we sat down for two hours we i was just literally going in and telling him a little bit about little rock right and i ended up telling my story and um and, and just a reference david is the david and um it's monty's show so content connected is okay. david's show i mean monty's show david is actually i think the producer of that show mm-hmm. so two great individuals um shout out to y'all um and they and, and monty's actually the former ceo of chipotle so not only am okay. I sitting in front of someone that's talking about a future documentary on right. Little Rock, but right. I'm also sitting in front of someone who's a uh, lawyer mm-hmm. who did cases in places like Africa right. and Europe and also who is giving back to uh, the world right now with his docuseries, The Connected, uh, A Search for Unity. So just kind of telling them my story and where I came from and where I continue to plan to go, continue and plan to go 
was it was inspiring. So we left out shaking hands like, hey, we, they would say, hey, we'll be back, uh, wow. you know, in August mm-hmm. to get this all on video. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of like the background of it. Um, I, I, I've never been in front of so many cameras at one time. Right. <laughs> so it's one thing to sit here and tell your story, but it's another thing for like, you know that the cameras that are rolling are showing or are going to are potentially going to show to thousands, ten thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. Exactly. Right. So that story, uh, my story is not only just my story. Like I said, it's a host of families. It's the host of individuals. And right now, my story is the world story. Right. Right. Because everybody gets to see where they can relate within the stories that I told and also the other people that were included on the documentary. So, hey, mom, I see you here. Love you. <laughs> Big shout out to everybody, my cousin Antonio, me, uh, Mrs. Renix Johnson. Yes. Sister Lewis, Kiki, honey, honey. Hey, Kiki. <laughs> uh, aunt, I see you said, Rich, what's the word? Bree, what to do? Nate, what up, dog? Yes, yes. Yep, yep. So, that okay. was, that was, that was, the, that was, that's what it was. I think mm-hmm. it's just so so strongly connected to, you know, our stories here in awesome. Little Rock. So. so in this classic documentary, not, and I'm going to not be the first, but I won't be the last, to say this classic documentary, I believe not just planting seeds of uh, making better decisions, it tells a story. Mm-hmm. So in the essence, uh, you're a storyteller. You know, as speakers, we are, we are storytellers. Yeah. And so, so we're doing that in a number of other things, but the focal point with this, with this question is, with the exception of uh, Mr. Jackson and others, give some other mentors that you didn't probably get a chance to acknowledge along the sets or during the uh, world premiere when the uh, documentary came out that you could just think about, like, well, you know what? Oh, that was a small oversight. Let me. Get I start from the top. Out. I got a very good memory. Yes, um, yes. So start from the top. Uh, well, I mentioned him, but I he deserves another mention. My dad, Lewis Jenkins. He. Yes. Um, he his house is still on Wood Street. Mm-hmm. So after you know he's seen everything, right yes. from the seventies to the eighties to the nineties to yes. me being a product of yes. most of those things, and mm-hmm. you know being able to make him proud, and you know even sometimes even he don't cry a lot, but you know I think I actually brought tears to his eyes when you know he heard about the documentary and was able to see it for the first time. Mm-hmm. I just told him, hey, old man, grab you a suit, and I need you down here April fourth at the Mosaic. I don't think he knew too much of what was going on, but. Uh, particularly my dad. Um, I had an uncle as a kid, and his name was Dietrich, and I used to call him Uncle D. Dietrich, and he he was uh, he was also in the game, mm-hmm. and he 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 taught me how to roll dice. He taught me how to do certain things. I was like five and six years old, and I never forget he had to meet up with some rival gang members, and mm-hmm. you know I begged him to go mm-hmm. uh, out in Southwest, and uh, so he said, "All right, you know I'll let you go, you know, but if anything happened, you take off running." <laughs> So we walking up the street. Uh, I still remember the street. I still remember the place. And when we got up the street, he was just like he was talking to, you know, the rival, you know, the rival people or whatever. Right, right. And then when we walked away, you know, the conversation was over. With, my first question was, "Why you ain't do nothing to him, huh?" Like you know, but 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 that just shows how much I understood as a right. child, right, right? Of what protocol was in terms of you know, gangs and things like that. So mm-hmm. my Uncle D, uh, he passed away about three years later after meeting him. So I was like eight years old, my first funeral. Mm-hmm. So he passed away then. Uh, Coach Gary, Gary Gilmore, Larry Gilmore, uh, Coach Ed, Coach Kevin, 
Coach Chris, uh, uh, Coach Jeff, the whole coaching staff at the Little Rock Razorbacks uh, back in the early 2000s, man. Like, they had a huge impact on who I was going to become. And they didn't even know it, right? Especially Coach Gary. Um, I mentioned him in a documentary on his his wisdom on experiences and things of that such. Um also, my grandmother, my mother, can't lead them out, but that, though you right. said mention people that were not mentioned. Exactly, exactly. Um, I will also say uh, some people at the, uh, at the church, Word of Outreach, um, which is right still on Asher today, mm-hmm. Pastor Smith, Elder Washington, mm-hmm. um, people in that circle that, uh, Elder Washington was the one, actually, it took me off the stage when I said I want to be a crib. Wow. So, okay, okay. shout out to him uh, yeah. if he's anywhere watching or okay. listening. Yeah, give him the link. Um, yeah. My God, he's, I call him my Godfather to this day. He gives me great advice. Mm-hmm. Um, moving up the ladder, um, I had I had friends that were beneficial as well. I never forget my cousin Cleo, Cleo Gray. He uh, shout out to Cleo. I didn't really. We were poor, right? We didn't have a lot of stuff, man. He right. actually recycled his clothes that he had and just gave me a bag full of clothes in like the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Here, cuz, this for you." And he just don't know what that meant to me. Um, I had a host of cousins. I got a cousin team. We could build a football team. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, uh, shout out to Fatty Tank. Um, shout out to everybody that was there around that time. Shout out to Rich, man, the backyard, Tevin. I, I can go all day. Mm-hmm. Like, I can go all day. Um, so moving forward, high school, shout out to Coach Bernie Cox. Bernie Cox. Uh, Bernie okay. Cox. Um, very, very influential in my life in terms of uh, the wisdom he taught via football. Um, so I, I was a football head. So these were my mentors, uh, Coach, Coach uh, Keith Richardson. Um, Coach Finley, these people were very, Coach Adam Acklin, very, very inspirational to me and pushed me. You know, I never forget, you know, it was kind of hard times in my household and I really couldn't afford, you know, the new football equipment. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget uh, Coach Adam Acklin came out of the office before my first game my senior year and handed me a brand new pair of cleats. And I think the entire time I was playing, I never had like a spanking brand new pair of cleats. brand new. Brand new cleats, so um, that was very, very inspirational. Um, shout out to him for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so coach, so so these people were inspirational to me. I had a few teachers as well um, that you know really had to almost choke me by the neck sometimes, you know. But sometimes that, it takes that. Yeah, know? sometimes it takes it's that. Tough love. Yeah, it takes sister uh, Mrs. Estes, Mrs. Stubblefield at Dunbar. Miss Estes, Miss Miriam Estes. I don't know her first okay. name. I'm not sure of her first she, name. She's short. Yeah. Dark skin. Dark skin. Vertically challenged. Vertically challenged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. got me. Yeah, yeah. I stand corrected. I, Estes. Keeping uh, it 100, I stand corrected. Vertically <laughs> challenged. Amen. Yes. Uh, yeah, so absolutely. Um, uh, Ms. Stubblefield at Dunbar. Yes. Uh, Ms. McAdoo at Central High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, these were teachers that, you know, I really, really could believe in. Uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was some substitutes that had, you know, strong wisdom for me too because when the substitutes came we just time to cut up so i had a few substitutes he's passed away now mr crutchfield okay um he passed away now rest in peace but he will always give me you know good insight on life and everything when i got the uapb um big shout out to cedric jackson d cedric jackson uh he's the academic advisor uh at uapb now mm-hmm. still to this day he was my first advisor gotcha. um uh ron laurent um, I can go down the list, man. Edlin Marshall, it's okay. my dog. I can go down the list on the, on people that you know were influential, and in, you know making all of this happen in terms of where I am today. Okay, so 
There's a whole gambit, a whole league. Oh, and shout out to Tevin Jenkins, Big Ted. Where you at, man? He out there enjoying his life and everything. Shout out to Darren Kidd, the kid that did. Shout out to them too. So okay, and getting back, uh, education is, is, you know, essential. You had mentioned uh, Miss McAdoo, LeBron, and Stacey McAdoo. It's a power couple, right? Power couple. Family is is one of the first families here in Arkansas. So we appreciate um, them. Mr. McAdoo and Mrs. McAdoo for all the, and their dad for what all they, their parents for all for all what they do, and so getting back to uh, and, and again for those who just now tune in, uh, Ed Davis here in the studio, keeping it 100 with Dory. Uh, we have Tim Campbell's here, and of course for those who just now tune in to this show, we're the only radio station, okay, the only show that talks about black male homicides and ways to help mitigate the slow to bleeding. You don't get that nowhere. I don't care if it's in New York, Chicago, Philly. You don't get a radio program on a station that's dedicated just to that. And so that's why we brought Mr. Campbell here. And so tell us, uh, Tim, how can this resource, okay, how can, uh, of course, a rose that grew from the concrete, how can it be a, a proactive measure to combat violence in young black males? I think that it, it hits so many different arteries in the same vein, right? So you have my story, which is kind of like, well, I'll get to mine last, but you have Lee Phil Jackson, which was very, very, very notorious in the streets of Little Rock during a time uh, who, you know, kind of tells his story on, you know, the things that he had did, you know, before turning his life around and things of that such. So you kind of get to see both worlds with him, you know, the lethal OG lethal Jackson. Right. Then you get to see Mr. Lethal Jackson. Right, right. So that that kind of and he and him being an older black male mm-hmm. kind of can speak to older black males that maybe still in that lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. And trying to kind of break the chains of it. Mm-hmm. And you got Miss Anisha Davis, who is the I would I consider her like the queen of the documentary because. Her story kind of speaks directly to our young black women Mm -hmm. because what it says is, you know, she said, well, I I didn't grow up in the neighborhood or I didn't grow up, you know, in, you know, these different places where, you know, I could find gang members. But there was a connection through the justice system to where she had access. Mm -hmm. Right. So she jumped. She jumped in that lane herself. And I think we have an example of a lot of other young black women that maybe want to jump into that lane as well you know but she's saying hey this is where it got me you know maybe in jail or you know drug addictions and mm-hmm. things like that right. but she overcame it right and now she's a successful uh, entrepreneur you got mr charles from stuttgart uh his story is very very impactful because he was making so much money mm-hmm. right and i mean that's the name in the game money right, right. so that's for him to give all that up to serve a greater purpose you know, which is God, which is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is just like powerful, right? Because it's kind of like, you know, if you're going to sacrifice something, you know, and if you're going to end it all today, you know, I feel like he had the best reason to do so, mm-hmm. you know, and it came, you know, at a, at a moment where he's on the side of the road and just started praying. So, mm-hmm. and also, um, my guy, uh, Michael Cooper, man, he was probably my favorite to watch in the documentary, you know, right, because, right. you know, the 20 odd years behind bars, man, like I know it's, so many people in reentry programs, so many people in second chance programs and halfway house right now that can relate to some of the things that he was saying and some of the things that he was getting at, right? Exactly. Like he's saying, like I've been institutionalized, but that's not gonna stop me, you know, from making a difference and a change. And then my story comes in to say, okay, I started here around everything that you're seeing, the drugs, the gangs, the violence, and things of that as such. And now look at my timeline, right? Mm-hmm. Look at my work, you know, and I got an organization called the Arkansas Movement, which 
looks at moves, individual moves. So look at the moves I was making and you step back, you have a movement, right? right. It's a bigger map of what's going on. So um, I think it hits all the arteries in the vein. I think particularly what young black boys can take away from it is, like I said, my favorite word, hope. Right. Because I think that when you take hope out of the household, you get so much more than violence, right? You get so much more than poverty. You get so much more than people that just give up on life. You lose souls. You lose people and their ability to believe in a certain identity. You lose so much more internally when hope is taken away from the house. So hopefully this is something that can be turned on in the house and that hope can kind of spire around you know, individual households and kind of inspire our young black boys to know that it's multiple ways, right? It's multiple ways. There are always multiple options in terms of what you may be facing in life, but it's definitely multiple ways to get around and to move around, you know, your challenges that you may right. be facing. So, you know, I, I speak a lot to being raised as a young black boy, having to turn into a man early, which yeah, almost every black boy can relate to and everything. So uh, a lot of the relation can you know hit almost every vein in someone's household i know it can absolutely without a doubt mm -hmm. hey a shout out to all the hope dealers out there and a thumbs down to the hope stealers okay so again we have a hope dealer in the house uh tim he's talking it and he's lived it and he's still living it he's here to empower folks we're going to take another commercial break right here on buffalo radios keeping it 100 dory Alumni, parents, and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College Today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College Today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio. The smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships when you apply. You'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships, which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First-time freshmen are also eligible for a 20 $500 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships, and we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute, based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus, is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio.
Welcome back to Keeping It 100 with Dory on Buffalo Reddit, where being real is the deal. Ed Davis here, professor of history. We have in the studio the one and only, Little Rock's only, Tim Campbell in the house. So we appreciate you, sir, for taking your time out your schedule. Absolutely. Come here and to, and, and to invest time here in this uh, unique radio platform that we do have here at Arkansas Baptist. We no, appreciate no doubt, so no many doubt. things that you've done. And another question I had is, tell us about your parents. You know, of course... A lot of times uh, I don't give enough credit or talk too much about my mom or my dad. Yeah. But if it wasn't for them, regardless of the ups and downs, highs and lows, glows and grows, it's those parents yeah. that, you know, ushered me to go to Gramlin. And it's 20, almost 30 years later. Here right, I am right. still in the South. Okay. Um, yeah, my parents, um, I think my parents looks very much so like a village. So I was raised primarily, spent most of my time with my grandmother and my dad. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, due to my mom having difficulties growing right. up, you know, and, you know, she thinks she dropped out of school early and things like that, uh, she, you know, couldn't really fully be in my life growing up as the way she wanted to be. Right. Um, and so being raised by my dad, he was very, very, very stern. Um, and he had just, you know, when I was born, he, from what I rumor has it, he had just gave up his street life. For me, you know, so that sacrifice, right, he was making plenty enough money in the streets, you know, um, doing the things that he was doing. Uh, He was real active on Ninth Street. We can get into that history another time for hours and things like that. So he actually sacrificed that lifestyle, you know, to raise me and bring me up in a better environment. So um, always, always, oh, you know, anything I get, you know, I sit it right on his uh, on his living room. Uh, countertop, you know, any football trophies or even my proclamation mm-hmm. is right at his house, you know. Right. So, um, that protection, he was very stern, older guy, so uh, he wasn't really doing all the feelings and emotions, you know. If it was storming outside, I go in his room, he's like, Oh boy, you better go back in your room, <laughs> right? You right. know, like he was real stern, um, powerful in terms right. of intellect. Um, my mom, my mom, you know, going into the documentary, we hung out a little bit because I wanted to kind of get her to know, you know, this documentary is going to be something vulnerable to the mm-hmm. entire family. Right. And, um, but I told her and made sure she knows that I wouldn't have a story if you didn't have a story. Right, right. Right. And we wouldn't have a breakthrough if you wouldn't have a story first. So that's my message to her. Um, I love her to the death. I think she does a great job. Like, we're like best friends now, you mm-hmm. know, and we hang out, we laugh, and we've forgiven each other for so much, too. Right. And I think that's important to mention because oftentimes when a family member can't be in our lives as we want them to be, mm-hmm. there's a lot of resentment, which I had, you know, but I had to, you know, go to God about a lot of things and really just forgive. Mm-hmm. And just forgive, you know, and another big package of... You can't be a hope there without forgiving. You have to, but it, you it, have it, to be Easier said than done, because I think mm-hmm. people for, think that forgiveness is a is an action item, but really it's a process. Yes. It's not just mm-hmm. something you just render one time, and you have to forgive that person every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to forgive that person every day, over and over. And so, essentially, what you're doing, you're not just forgiving them, you're healing the spaces that they hurt the most, right? Mm-hmm. So whether it may be absence, whether it may be, you know, verbiage that they use towards you, like you are healing mm-hmm. in the same time right. that you're choosing to forgive them every day. So, um, and, and so, you know, also my, my grandmother, Lietta, Lietta uh, Jenkins, uh, on, my, on my dad's side, I spent a lot of time with her. She passed away at 92 years old. Wow. Birthday was on Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. She was the first person I ever met in my life that could teach me a little bit about 
slavery mm-hmm. and you know growing up out in reconstruction because she was born in like 1912 19 in the early 1900s so she could kind of give me a little bit about you know some of her life and right. she talked to me a lot about when the perms first came out and i was you know the activator was messing up people here and she was like well it won't happen to me and it happened to her <laughs> <laughs> so she was able to 1914 so she was able to give me that history and um proudfully you know so i spent a yeah. lot a lot of time with her and everybody on that side of the family um just 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 really did a great just my my cousin she's passed away now uh sonya askew she was the first person to kind of help me with homework you know if i it was something that was over my dad's head we would go over there and she would help me out and you know get things together for me you know shout out to my aunt lois who's passed away recently kept two three dollars in my pocket you know for allowances and things like that Mm -hmm. um of course i already shouted out honey honey big ed Aunt may like that whole side of the family but i think the powwow of all of this was um you know my grandma was there and you know she raised me in the church at Mm -hmm. word of outreach right so Mm -hmm. i had already had you know been around a few influential men you know so i had already knew what to what to kind of mimic right mm-hmm. and that's important for a child, a child to know what to mimic mm-hmm. and um so you know with her she worked in the kitchen at the church gotcha. they really wasn't paying her a lot like that but <laughs> right. she she made sure that i was taken care of you know and her and my dad worked overnight and over time to make gotcha. sure that i had a thing my dad would leave wendy's at the door at nighttime, right? And sometimes I see it, sometimes I don't. Right. You know, but he'll knock and you know, he always makes sure that that Wendy's <laughs> was for me and nobody else in the house, right? right? right. So, um I, I it was just uh a host. It was a village that did this and the biggest thing about it was on the documentary, you know, I, I finally mentioned my biological father, you know, which mm-hmm. me and my family we never talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really spoken too much about it to my peers, my friends. But mentioning that, you know, I was kind of afraid how that would come out mm-hmm. and how that would turn out because, you know, me and my dad never really had that discussion because it was right. never a discussion to be had. Right. You know, this man was a flunky. He never, you know, took the, 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 the um, he never took respondability, right, it as is, you call it, it, it to it. handle his business. So yes. it was never a conversation. So, um, and, and I think since then, you know, actually knowing the guy, you know, having conversations with him, I think that was enough for me to say, okay, at least I know you, <laughs> you're right. But, you know, I, the acknowledgement goes to, you know, Lewis Jenkins, of course. But I dropped that in the documentary, and I didn't know they was going to keep that, that, that part. Yeah, I didn't know they were going to keep that in there, but oh, they okay. did, man. Okay. And then here it is, like, you know, we sitting at the table together, and it's just like, <laughs> wow, like, you know, that's right. just, that's a vulnerable place to be in. Right. That's extremely vulnerable to be in, man. So, um yeah that that my parents were were it was a village it was definitely a village so shout out to everybody that was a part of that village and and that's the strength uh and i can't speak for women uh, uh miss gupton but for guys to, to to know you're vulnerable in the area and to discuss that and have that open space yeah you know and, and i think about again i have to go back to scripture uh you know where jesus wept i know it's okay for me to cry i don't cry yeah. every day yeah but you know it's, it's okay for me to shed a tear here and there right Right. And so that that's health, that's growth, right. that's a balance in life. And also when I go back to uh, the book of Matthew 18, 21 and 22, where it talks about being forgivable to people. Yeah. It doesn't put a marker on it. I'm just going for you three times. No, it says seven times seven, yeah. seven times 49 a day. That's yeah. every day. I'm thinking, man, that's crazy. But I think about all the stuff that I've done in my life that's hurt yeah. people. That's hurt people. People forgive yeah. me. So let Absolutely. me shut it up and, and, and be receptive to that. And so Absolutely. a special shout out goes to the Olivier family. To, uh, of course, uh, Mama, 
Alma and to Papa Joseph and to Brother Antoine and Sister Felicia Olivier and to the whole Olivier family in South Louisiana who's listening right now to Tim Campbell. Uh, we know you're watching. We know you're listening. So we thank you for giving us the platform to uh, give God the glory and to seek and uh, mitigate what we call this bloodshed, not just here in Little Rock, but all over the country Absolutely. Uh, moving forward. Absolutely. And so uh, definitely. Uh, but in closing, we want to you know, mention uh, to you, Tim, you know, how can people reach you? How can they support your documentary? Uh, what type of social media input would you give them? What's your website? Let okay. the folks know how uh, you can bless them. Well, before we segue, I just want to say shout out to another part of my family, the Foreman family. Uh, my stepmom, my dad's uh, uh, former uh, girlfriend, she passed away from breast cancer. So that's another cause that, you know, I chase behind and try to help out when I can. Uh, she passed away when I was in the ninth grade. So. Uh, that's someone that you know is still my spiritual mother to this day, and even though, I know, but I know she's watching over, you know. So, yes. but before we segue into that, man, um, shout out to my boy Big Drew, man. I, we he has the same story, you know, okay. about fathers, you know, and mm -hmm. his father not necessarily being biological, but being his father, right? right? So just like a lot of stories in the Bible are like that, you know, with Joseph, you know. Yeah. Him. So exactly. I think that's a story that black boys and black males need to hear more of. Mm -hmm. Um, but in closing, man, you can reach me on social media. My website is called uh, Tim Campbell Speaks. My Instagram is Tim Campbell Speaks. My Facebook is Tim Campbell on Facebook. Click the follow button. And you can reach me uh, also at Tim Campbell Speaks on Facebook as well, my Facebook page. So everything is Tim Campbell Speaks. Everything. So if you yes. ever try to figure out, oh, what's last night? It's just Tim Campbell Speaks. Uh, you can type that in. Uh, and you also can Google Tim Campbell Arkansas on a host of different articles and things will come up um, that you will be able to check out and kind of learn more about who I am and where I'm going. Okay. And real quick before we move on, we have a question from the Vixen, Lewis. And okay. I believe he's from Florida. He says, what is the hardest thing you had to let go or you couldn't forget? This is a quote from quote from a Mr. Uh, Vixen Lewis. He's in our class here at Arkansas Baptist College. Okay. He's one of my top scholars. So, again, okay. this is an international thing, but this right here is a, a, a person from Florida that wants to uh, see if you can answer gotcha. that question. So, uh, I think the biggest thing that, uh, well, the hardest thing I had to let go was my image of what a man was. I thought that, you know, a man was something totally different from what I see now. I thought that a man, of course, when I was six, I said I wanted to be a gang member. So, I thought that's what the image of a man was, right? Mm -hmm. When I got into high school, I thought, you know, being smooth and cool, being a ladies' man was being a man, right? You know, which um, which wasn't the right route either, you know? And then, so when I got in college, you know, I became a Omega Man, you know, which mm -hmm. kind of really, really taught me what it was to be a man. So as, as, as you grow and as I grow, we will continue to have these, you know, flickering images of what a man is, right? But I had to let go right. of the imagery and the bad imagery that I seen or I was exposed to, mm -hmm. right? And know that it's more than one way to be a black man. It's okay to be the kind of black, be yourself and be the kind of black man that you want to be, be the black man that you, 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 you deem to see others have, you know, as a mentor, as a father, and as a right. brother. It's okay, you know, to let grow, which I had to let go, which was hard, mm -hmm. you know, because we have an industry, the rap industry, music videos, and things that I was exposed to. I'm like, oh, I want to be like this, or I want right. to be like that. Right. However, those weren't the images for me, you know. Those were just images. Mm-hmm. But I connected myself to him, so I had, you know, more of a sentiment to how I should dress, how I should talk, and how, mm -hmm. should I so, how I should associate right, myself. Right. But, uh, yeah, letting go of that image of what I thought a man was. Mr. Dovixen. 
How you doing? I have Mr. Tim Campbell here. He just answered your question. I wanted you to uh, speak to him real fast. What's going on, Chief? We're trying to we're trying to get the speaker on for you. I can't hear him. Let me see. I got you. I got you. I got you. I think one of my favorite characters in the Bible is Timothy. Uh, Timothy was took under the responsibility of Paul, right? And I think Tim's most powerful thing was his ability to listen. And I think that that's the one of the number one things you need to be a man. You have to know how to listen, you know, and not listen to respond, but listen to truly understand. And I think Tim did a great job of that. You know, Paul was telling him about the end of days. Paul was telling him about, you know, obey your mother and your father and all these different things and the wisdom he was passing down. Tim took heed in it and he listened to him. So I think he shows me the value of listening as a man because oftentimes we just think this it's in our voice and our chest. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of times it's in our ears and our biggest and our most uh, favorable organ is between our ears, which is our brain. So um, I think it's very, very important, man, for us to listen, bro, and just to hone in on First Timothy and Second Timothy. So many lessons. It's so many, you know, um, jewels dropped in Timothy. So Timothy is definitely one of my favorite. Um, and, it's, and, it's mu- and it's many more David, David's story, more so Jonathan. You know, Jonathan sacrificed to his own father. You know, to actually, you know, make a way for David to eventually be king one day. So, if that answers your question. That's a good answer. I'm going to open my book as soon as we got the phone and read Timothy to get more insight. Let's get it. Okay, hey, Dovixen, we appreciate you, man. You know, this is a live feed, but we have to get off the show. We have to close on out. But we want to say thank God for you. Yes, he's one of our top scholar students. That's what's up. That's what's up. We're going to say peace out. And again, for those who just now listened to uh, Tim Campbell exchange remarks with the Arkansas Baptist College student, again, we're the only radio station around that we know that does this and have this kind of a platform. So we're grateful uh, that we're here making things uh, like this happen. So again, uh, be sure to tune in next week for our next episode of uh, Keeping It 100 with Dory, Tim Montgomery. And uh, we thank, uh, sorry, Tim Campbell. I keep calling Tim Tim Montgomery. We all know. This is Tim Campbell uh, moving forward. But we appreciate you, sir. Thank you for coming on in. And again, Mrs. Uh, Gupton, thank you for coming in and recording this and for capturing history. We appreciate you as well. And so it's time to get on out of here. And, of course, remember, keep it 100. God bless. Thank you for listening to Keeping It 100 with Dory, the show designed to create positive attitudes and come up with solutions to stop the violence in the community. Join us every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio. We'll see you next week.